Welcome to the Holistic Ease Podcast. I am your host, Erin Oberlander, Certified Holistic Aromatherapist, Herbalist, Holistic Health Expert, and Modern Homesteader. This podcast is where you can come to learn and be inspired about a wide variety of topics, all related to holistic lifestyle. Drawing upon ancient wisdom from Ayurveda, traditional Chinese medicine, modern sciences, as well as the art of aromatherapy, we start to connect more deeply with our innate wisdom and our inner voice. Nutrition, essential oils, herbs, spirituality and faith, movement, seasonal living, permaculture, and an occasional digression into the land of the weird and funny, all these things we candidly and honestly discuss here. Why? Because I believe it shouldn't be hard to live a life closer to the cycles of nature that improves your quality of life, health, and relationships. So come along with me and let's learn together how to live a holistic lifestyle with ease. Welcome back, friends, to the Holistic Ease podcast. I am so excited for you to meet my very special guest today. I have with me Delray Messer, Dr. Delray, and she is a close friend of mine, confidant, mentor. Um, she has been working in the wellness industry for many years now, first as a chiropractor and then later as her own formulator for nutritional products. But I know her as my Prairie Soul sister. We grew up about 40 miles away from each other on the North Dakota Prairie and later met each other many years later back in the wellness industry. So welcome, Dr. Delray. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Do you want to just share a little bit of your story with us before we get into some of the things that you're working on right now? Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to be here and to see your face, even if it's just virtually. I can't wait to hug you in person. <laughs> I know. Um, well, I mean, I, I've always been passionate about health and wellness and growing up in a, a rural community, as you know, in a farming community, hard work and, and work ethic were instilled in us. And thank mm-hmm. goodness I wasn't a naturally talented athlete because it taught me a lot of those success principles that definitely influenced um, my life later. Mm-hmm. So, you know, de- dedication, commitment, consistency, showing up regardless, no matter what. And I really think my entrepreneurial mindset had a lot to do with farming because of the Mm. uncertainty around it. I was just always used to uncertainty, as you know, whether it was the weather, the crops, or just hours in the day, that was what we were used to. Um, So when I decided to become an athlete, I had to, you know, instill some of these success principles. Um, And my first race that I ever ran, I got lapped twice. And it also taught me the most important aspect of, I think, our human existence and life experience is patience and Mm. and really embracing the joy and the process of progress and my dad was one of the biggest influences in my life for that he just set really small goals and celebrated small wins and made me you know gain confidence through that experience so I got accepted to um, college for an athletic and academic scholarship Um, looking back now I know a lot of the pressure that I put on myself as a high achiever was I was the oldest of four I knew that getting school paid for was going to be really important um, Mm. for my parents and for my siblings so I wanted to set a really good example Um, but I put a lot of pressure on myself and I I think I missed a lot of life moments being a really high achiever and high performer so it wasn't until about three years into college getting accepted to chiropractic school decided to go that route for natural health and wellness because a close family friend of ours was a chiropractor Um, I I found out that I was pregnant two months um, Mm. after I was accepted so I, I remember so vividly just you know being so one embarrassed shameful guilt like all of those feelings and coming back home and not really having this 
um, experience accepted by many people. And I, you know, because it was looked at as a mistake, I embodied that I was a mistake. So that was going to be my new identity um, for the next 10 years. So I entered unhealthy relationships, both personally and professionally. I was striving for success and achievement to validate my own self-worth. And it wasn't until I hit a pretty big rock bottom moment six years ago with big professional and personal transitions where so there's never going to be enough that you can achieve to feel worthy in who you are so it was a just a really big wake-up call to what is actually important in life and the meaning and most most of all the limiting narratives and stories that we have adopted mm-hmm. not even from ourselves but culture and societal norms that that kind of um, um, share share these belief systems um, with us and we suddenly embody them. So my passion is to now help people break free from those because it's been by far um, the biggest shift in my life to actually feel joyful and fulfilled daily without having to achieve anything to do so. Yeah, I resonate with so much of that story being a high achiever myself. And one of the things that's been so fun for me to watch over the last five years that we've known each other and worked together is how you have really first of all, discovered what your self-limiting beliefs and what your embodied messages were, and then learning how to very vulnerably and publicly work through those things to get to what was beyond that. So in that process, I've seen you grow as a leader and I've seen you become more and more passionate about leadership. So tell us why you're so passionate about leadership. Why is that so important to you? Because I believe everybody's a leader without a title, without success or needing to be recognized daily for it. Leadership is really influence. And I think we understand now more than ever how powerful influence is for the good or bad. Um, It's what can unite us or divide us so quickly. And, you know, I, I also have... I've realized that in our, you know, country specifically, where it's so beautiful that we have the op- so many opportunities. Um, you know, conscious capitalism is something that's so important to me. Mm-hmm. And realizing now that the companies of the future, I believe, will have so much transparency and vulnerability. And and one, their products and services, why they created them to solve a problem that's in the world. But two, doing it um, without cost, meaning mm-hmm. without the cost of of working people until they they have no time freedom with their family or at the cost of people's health you know most most ceos are so stressed out they cannot even enjoy what they've created um to the impact that it's going to make in our world again for for good or bad actually being conscious and aware of that so leadership i believe starts in with us and ourselves Mm -hmm. radical responsibility for the influence that we have and how we show up in the world daily Um, and it starts in our home and i you know worked and worked at the cost of my family time and at the cost of my own health and it wasn't until i hit burnout and exhaustion that i realized that leadership has to change it's not a title it's truly how we can influence those around us and it even can be as simple as your own community Mm -hmm. i've always had a big vision of impacting the world but i realized it couldn't start until i started with myself my home and my local community Mm -hmm. Um, and taking ownership of that was profound because once I started there I realized that there was so much science in service um, and influencing others for the good and it's really all that we have left when we're gone anyway oh yeah so true yeah how powerful is that shift to say wow the only thing that people are going to take away from who I was was how I made them feel and if we all took ownership of that I think that radical um, responsibility of how we show up with kindness 
acts of service, influencing others for the better, I think we'd all have a better planet to live on if we all thought that way. And that uh, we are leaders no matter what. That's amen. Amen. Period. And end of sermon. That was amazing. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about leadership because I think a lot of times people see leaders in the front, up in the front, or you know, in those in those very visible places. And they think that leadership is this very glamorous thing. But those of us who have learned to be leaders know that there's a very different story. So what are some of the challenges that you've had as a leader and how have you overcome those challenges? Well, it's, it's experience. I think I could have read every leadership book on the planet, but until I experienced what organizational leadership actually feels like in leading a team the past mm -hmm. six years, I would have never really understood because I wouldn't have personally experienced a lot of the resistance that, that comes from growing, especially yourself. Mm -hmm. My joke is at every level, there's another devil. And I, that is so true, especially mm -hmm. in this business model. It was and not only facing organizational challenges, but truly every one of those came with um, a, a cap on my own experience. So in mm. order for me to grow through those challenges, I needed to up-level who I was as a leader. Mm. And that's scary because you look in the mirror and when you have that big of a responsibility, it's why very few people desire a level of leadership like that. Right. Because it's it's a lot of responsibility um, and you realize that people rely on you but one of the things that has differentiated my um, passion for leadership versus management is management is really trying to tell people what they should do mm. and leadership is actually bringing out the best in them and because we now have this ability for people to come to a workplace or a team with their strengths um, and magnifying those strengths and how they can, you know, bring value to a company or an organization beyond just a one skill set. They may have many. If you have a leader that recognizes that in someone, you can now create such a collaborative impact and, and co-creative impact versus somebody that's trying to micromanage somebody into a specific skill set, specific job. And we now know that that's what a lot of companies of the future, the ones that are really growing, they've taken away kind of these levels of leadership where somebody has to check in with a quote unquote boss or manager. They kind of are looking at people as an equal. And I know sometimes that sounds scary when people have been so used to organizational leadership as a authority-based, mm -hmm. or I have this badge on, you must respect me as a leader. <laughs> yep. We now realize that that's, that's just not true. We've all probably been in toxic work environments where we have very little respect for our boss or somebody that's above us in a position. And we respect people that have certain character traits and value traits. So character driven, values driven leadership is really now becoming the wave of the future. Yeah, totally agree. And I also think that there's such an aspect of health and wellness inherent within that because it does respect each person's abilities and giftings rather than trying to fit them into a certain box. And when we can all show up as who we truly authentically are, I think there's so much healing that can happen. Now, I know that you and I both admire Brene Brown and we've both really been on our own journeys with learning about how to be vulnerable because culturally that is not something that either of us grew up with. But one thing that I have seen you do that I think is so beautiful is that you have learned to tell your own story from a place of vulnerability, but you also have learned to draw those stories out of other people. So why did you become passionate about storytelling? I'm curious about that. 
Well, I think growing up where we did, there were so many stories that were told like generationally and mm -hmm. I really loved learning that way. Um, but I also realized that there's emotion behind stories. Mm -hmm. And when I started to get into you know, the work that we do. And even as a chiropractor, I realized that so many people resonated with stories that were emotional over mm -hmm. stats that yeah. were factual, um, because there really isn't a lot of emotion behind facts and, and stats. So when I started to realize that weaving my own stories into my experiences or conversations with people, I had such a deeper level of a connection and relatability. And especially the more that you grow and even more successful you become, you want to be able to relate to somebody where they're at. And I always want people to look at me as a human that's having a very similar experience as them. Right. I just may have had more obstacles I've overcome or challenges I've overcome, but we're equal. We're the same. I just may have more life experience. So in order to really relate to that person in front of me, I borrow a lot of stories that have really impacted my life. And I had this ability to really create connection fast by really finding common ground with somebody where they're passionate about something. So am I. And it was through a discovery process. I was like, who do I have the most deep and meaningful connections with and relationships and I desire that I don't love surface relationships and where we grew up that's very easy to do like mm -hmm. talk about the weather right. talk about a sports activity or event like don't talk about your real feelings or things that are going on behind all of that and yeah. I just got sick and tired of living like a very surface life yep. and so going first was by far the scariest thing I've ever done it took a lot of courage and it also took a lot of courage to figure out what my story was in a victor mentality versus a victim so Ooh, powerful. I've gone through a lot of challenges in life but guess who was the common denominator me mm -hmm. <laughs> so I also had to figure out how to share it in a way that was like these were my choices I take radical ownership and responsibility of them and, and give people also the grace to say, wow, I've also had experiences that I'm not proud of or that I, I chose, but also having grace and understanding that the more experience you do have, the better choices you're able to make because you've learned from the ones before. So mm -hmm. according to standards culturally, I probably was a big mistake um, or the, the mistakes that I made, but I chose to um, attach a story that was much different. Um, then that cultural norm, mental health is very important to me because I've been through those challenging times on my own and it wasn't until I sought professional help and counseling that I was able to really find this kind of language and voice and authenticity. Um, it's something that I'm very passionate about. So I love, love, love hearing people's stories. And maybe that's why I have a high level of empathy, which can also be very challenging when the world is in a muck and array. Yes. Because um, I feel all of it and want to help everyone. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. And then all of a sudden you find yourself writing a children's book. Right. <laughs> yeah. So here you are in business. You've been in business very publicly for all of these years. And then suddenly you were an author. So tell us about how that happened and tell us about your children's book. Well, that came from also life experience. And it's one of those things where if we continue to talk ourselves out of trying something new, we're going to rob ourselves of actually discovering what we love the most and what we're passionate about. So when I started six years ago, I would have never thought like mental health would be a top priority. Mm -hmm. But it was after discovering through conversation after conversation and 
being vulnerable enough to share my story that most people struggle with these feelings. Mm -hmm. And it, it is a cultural taboo to really talk about them. So in order to bring that to light, I needed to go first and make a space that was okay for people to talk about it. I also, um, as a high achiever, was really struggling with the when-then game and destination happiness. Like, yes. GPS set to happiness outside of myself and as long as I accomplish this or when this happened then I will and many of us play that when then game which is why we're one of the most unhappiest cultures mm. um, deep down we struggle with a lot of mental health in our country for that reason because we have been really conditioned to perform at high levels and achieve at high levels and that serves us well until again we burn out or we find ourselves exhausted or we find ourselves constantly seeking validation and worth through things outside of us so what changed the like really the trajectory of my fulfillment daily was um relief work and doing volunteer work that had nothing to do with achievement and it was this selfless act of service that really taught me what life is all about and it's not ironic that before each relief trip so the first was Houston after Hurricane Harvey rebuilding homes then it was um, Puerto Rico after the earthquake the Midwest floods and going to rebuild homes there Nepal to take um, dolls and, and books on human trafficking to educate villagers there so these different experiences it's not ironic that before each one of them a major life event happened mm -hmm. an unexpected massive life event happened and it was so purposeful because it literally allowed me to dive into the science and the neuroscience of service because I'm a total science geek like yeah. both of us are <laughs> and of course Helping someone feels good. I don't think that any of us would argue with that, but I don't think that we really understand that when we go through the most challenging times, what gets us in those, out of those ruts can be so much faster than what we ever anticipated by going to do service of some kind or volunteering or giving. Mm -hmm. So each one of these experiences allowed me to process. One was I lost $70,000 in a Ponzi scheme for small family farmers. Not only was that a lot of income it was the down payment on my girls in my home that i had saved for for three years like blood sweat and tears income um it, it was this lesson in trust in humans and i felt so betrayed because they had literally squeezed my heart because small family farmers are my heart mm -hmm. and i thought to myself like i don't know if i can trust another human again like i don't know if i can even I can't be vulnerable anymore because look at what I, I shared my story vulnerably and someone took advantage of that and of me and of my girls and our future. And the lesson in it, I believe, was just uh, you're going to have to take risks on humans. Like mm. if you truly want to live a life that is fulfilling, like you're going to be let down. Like if you have any expectation of a tit for tat life, meaning I'm going to keep score, like I'm going to give here but not here it's going to end up really disappointing you. So instead I said to myself, what did I learn? It could have been hundreds of thousands lost because now I've learned a lesson. Um, and then the next one was a, a family member being diagnosed with cancer, a very unexpected, incurable processing. That was the hardest thing I've ever done, but going to do relief work with every shovel of someone's home, literally like, 
I thought to myself, these are memories. This is someone's home. Like it gives you perspective no matter what. And it's not that you don't still have the feelings because you do, it's important to feel them. Um, but I was able to emotionally process it in a different way than saying, why me? Why is this happening to me? I got to attach a different story to it. And that's what service did. But each time I went through these relief work opportunities, in the wake of natural disaster is left mental health that is not processed and emotional trauma. So there's trauma that's not processed and it's not seen. So when you go to these places and you have food and water and you rebuild shelter, you have these basic human needs that are covered, but you would be so shocked that sometimes all people want to do is just talk. They just want to talk and like unload what they're feeling. And it's like going to these, you know, through these experiences with mental health professionals by my side, I can say, I don't understand because I haven't been through what you've been through, but I can listen Mm -hmm. and we can provide you resources. So post COVID, we know that that is, and it has been a huge challenge for so many people in so many ways, but especially children when they don't have the ability to process. So creating this children's book, was out of necessity after one, having all of these experiences, seeing it. The one in Puerto Rico was the one that influenced me the most because the aftershocks are so traumatic. Just like the first one, children run to their parents, families are sleeping on sidewalks to their because they're too scared to sleep in their homes. It literally allowed me to see what kind of trauma is left after this. So with COVID, it was how can we help children process that this is happening? Yeah. It's not going away soon. And how can we attach a story to it that's one of resilience and overcoming and what they can look forward to? Um, and so that's how it was really birthed was, again, out of experience. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think it's so cool because you're, I know that your why, your purpose for being is your girls and making sure that the world that they inherit is better than the one that we have right now. But I also know that you feel passionately just towards women and helping to empower women. And prior to COVID, you were doing some really incredible women's events in person. And you've had to take a lot of that online recently. So I wanna talk about your your big launch that just happened, your well-spoken lifestyle. So tell us about well-spoken lifestyle, what it is and what you're hoping to accomplish with it. Oh, it gives me goosebumps every time I hear that word because everybody's like, oh, you're so well-spoken. I wish I could sound like that. And I was like, if you only knew what I sounded like 10 years ago, (laughs) like, oh, I have a lot of hope. Watch that video. Listen to her there. (laughs) It's uh, courage precedes confidence. Like it, it, it takes courage to just start and it takes courage to share your story. And then it takes courage to continually and repeatedly learn and grow. And suddenly you do become a well-spoken leader. And you know, I wanted people to understand that there's so much out there when it comes to um, social media now and like this presence online that is almost too good to be true, like the highlight reels of all of it. And for me, I believe that the impact that needs to be made on our planet is going to come from our voices, like literally being actually able to verbalize what our passion is, our purpose, attract people to a, a just cause and a mission and a vision that's not just, again, a finite game, but an infinite vision for why we're here on this planet. And I thought if I could encompass any word, what would it be? It has it has to be that. Most importantly, I didn't want it to be about me. I didn't want it to be my name. I didn't want it to be just about me because I've realized co-creating experiences with experts that, that have expertise that I don't has been the most gratifying 
part of my experience. It's not me saying, I'm going to change your life. It's let me bring you tools, resources, and humans that can share through their own experience what has helped them tools and resources that will help you, but you are the creator of your life. We can just help you by accelerating your results through our own experience and fast tracking it. So it's really not just my website. It's a collective group of humans that are um, in every area and expertise and what they do, an expert in what they do. And we do have a private Facebook group now too, to just create community in there. Okay, cool. And I know as part of that, you have, I, I believe it's three courses, correct? Yeah, I'm I'm putting all of them on hold to focus on the one. <laughs> oh, really? So tell us about that. So tell us about the one course. So February 23rd, we're doing what's called a breakdown to breakthrough masterclass. I've had a lot of interest in like income accelerators, money mindset, and all of these things. And I backtrack for a second and do a lot of prayer and intentional thinking. Like, what do people need when I'm really talking to them, especially right now with the overwhelm and uncertain certainty in the world? We, we need more people that, that have grace and that literally are falling in love with themselves because mm -hmm. so much has been taken away. Mm -hmm. It's almost slowing down to speed up. Yes. It's slowing down to say, if you have a rocky foundation in your worth and your value as a human, you're never going to be able to build upon that because mm -hmm. any challenge or adversity or other person's opinion or fear or self-doubt or these limiting beliefs you're holding on to, you're literally trying to build a foundation on sand and you're going to get knocked over with just one of those experiences. And I've had thousands of them <laughs> that could have, um, but it was because I was building such a foundation on the worth and value that I have to offer offer to others. And so I wanted to start with that. And I'm co-creating the course with a woman that has a background in psychology and neuroscience and NLP, which is literally anchoring in new belief systems, because as much as I wish just saying affirmations would change our life, I think all of us would have the abundance and joy and health that we desire if it right. just was an affirmation list, but it's not, it's hard work. There's resistance and there is a lot of challenges when you want to rewire your brain. So I needed to bring in a course around that first mm -hmm. and then branch off into all those other fun ones. Okay, this is amazing. So it's a breakdown to breakthrough masterclass on February 23rd. And how do people find the information on that? It's six weeks. Um, oh. Super pumped about it. I can, yeah, so it's a weekly live training okay. along with the back end module release. Each week has assignments as well as content. Um, and then we also have a private Facebook community for everybody to go in there. So I'll give you the link. You can share it in show notes and things like that. But Absolutely. Breakdown to Breakthrough Masterclass is where it's at. That sounds so <laughs> amazing. Fun. That sounds yeah. so amazing. So two final questions as we wrap up here. First uh -huh. of all, with everything that you just said there about empowering women, what is one thing that you wish that every woman could just know in her soul? Her worth and value enough as is. Like we've mm -hmm. done, I think, in a society that actually capitalizes on you feeling less than. Like mm -hmm. if you feel less than and your insecurities are magnified, you'll buy more to try and make up for it. And it's why I've become a minimalist like big time. This is probably the fourth day I've worn this shirt. <laughs> <laughs> No joke. It's because I really value who I am and I don't need a lot of things to validate that. Mm -hmm. And if a woman actually knew her power in, in feeling worthy and enough as is, and that doesn't mean that you're not striving to become a better version of yourself daily. Mm -hmm. um, I think the entire world would shift, especially being a mom of two girls. If I can show them a whole and complete woman that still desires impact and growth, um, I think it's the greatest gift I could ever give them. 
Amen to that. So that brings us to our final question. You and I met years ago at a wellness event, health and wellness event. And there's been so many things that have happened to us individually and so many things industry wide that have changed in the fitness, the wellness, the health industries. What does wellness and health mean to you now at this point in your life? Oh, wellness, I think, is way overused, and I think it's just something, again, that's just a marketed term because mm-hmm. I think well-being is so much more. It encompasses, it, it encompasses like, who we are, our values. I've realized our values are such a powerful compass for overall well-being, and I believe authenticity has been the key to actually, and, like, releasing all of these layers of somebody I thought I had to be. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, it, it has, it feels like freedom. I feel like well-being feels like freedom in every area of your life where you have these beautiful relationships because everything boils down to relationships and how healthy they are. Mm-hmm. I had toxic relationships with a lot of things around me because I didn't have a healthy relationship with myself. Mm. I felt like I was a mistake because of what happened in one moment, one experience, I devalued my worth and every relationship changed because of it. So the power of our relationships and how healthy they are, I believe is the key to well-being. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just so grateful to have had enough life experience to know that there really isn't much that I need to feel fulfilled when I look around and see the value of the relationships I have now with my partner, my girls, my community, my team. I also used to think that I had to make a huge impact and be really well known in order to have made a difference. Mm -hmm. And that's just not true, especially going on some of these trips. I realized that well-being has so much to do with how you leave people feeling. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's so beautiful. Thank you. And I think that shows us that, you know, it's not the number on the scale. It's, it's not how you look or appear. It's really how you feel from the inside. As cheesy as that sounds, it's true. finding the center of that fulfillment and what that is for you and letting health flow from there. And I think you're so gifted at people finding, helping others to find that. So how do people find you, Delray? I know people are going to want to find you after they've heard this episode. I'm so excited. This is the first podcast I can actually say I have a website. Yay! <laughs> wellspokenlifestyle.com and I don't even have to spell my name in that which is awesome yay wellspokenlifestyle.com and then of course you're on Instagram and Facebook those where your online presences are so find Dr. Delray give her a shout out on her social media it's always beautiful and always authentic we appreciate you so much Delray and and sharing your story Love you too. And if you are listening to this podcast for the first time, please give us a five-star review. If you're watching the vlog, please like, comment, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Leave us some comments below, and I'll see you next time. That was so fun. Yay. Yay. When you think of your ideal life, do you ever think to yourself, man, I just wish I could have a completely holistic lifestyle. When I was first educating myself about more natural ways to live, there was one major emotion that I felt, overwhelm. There was so much information, a lot of it was conflicting. There were so many products with lots of weird ingredients. There were so many things I didn't know that I should know, and I didn't know what I didn't know. And because of that, it took me a lot longer to increase my wellness and my quality of life and create the lifestyle of my dreams. 
This is exactly why I have created my new VIP 12-week one-on-one holistic lifestyle makeover. So in a world where it feels like we control so little, there really are so many things within your power to change, especially when it comes to your health, health and lifestyle. This experience is designed to take the guesswork out of the equation for you and to guide you in what you specifically need at this point in time to enhance your quality of life and create leverage in your health and wellness. Take advantage of the full depth of my growing body of work and my 25 plus years of experience in living a holistic lifestyle from a wide variety of perspectives, modalities, and challenges. As a VIP client, once a week, you're going to get to pick my brain on all things holistic lifestyle, aromatherapy, herbalism, toxicity, living closer to nature, grounding yourself, managing your stress, helping your family be healthier, building a resilient mindset, space clearing, sound therapy, spirituality, homesteading, permaculture, and so much more. This curriculum is flexible and customizable to your needs and your experience level. So I want to help you to take back your power and be your own hero and it would be my honor to guide you. Go to bit.ly slash VIP with Erin, that's all caps, to get yourself on my waitlist for this exclusive experience as I have limited space in my schedule and I'm only taking a small amount of clients for VIP coaching. That's bit.ly slash VIP with Erin, all caps. And if you are not sure if this experience is for you, let's jump on a free 15-minute discovery call together so we can explore how we might work together to get you the lifestyle of your dreams. You can go to bit.ly slash discover with Erin, all lower caps this time to book that call. And I can't wait to get you started. Well, everyone, that's our show for today. I am so grateful that you joined us. If you learned something or found yourself inspired, please subscribe to this podcast and rate us well. And if you are interested in even more tips and tricks about holistic living, go to prairiearomatherapy.com and join the Apothecary Inner Circle by using the newsletter bar. Finally, if you found this information of benefit, I would be so thankful if you would share this podcast. I know that together we can help more folks live a holistic lifestyle with ease.